Welcome back to EV News Daily. Coming up today, Stellantis wants to make their own batteries, Lucid's Creature Comforts, and the US probe into Chinese EVs. Plus, stay tuned, because later in the show, I'll tell you what Nissan are saying about the Leaf stopping production in Sunderland, the UK, to make room for the so-called New Leaf. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're listening around the world. Welcome to EV News Daily, your trusted source of EV information. It's Thursday, 29th of February. I'm Martin Lee, and I go through every EV story, so you don't have to. Uh, Patreon supporters, a reminder, get the shows ad-free. If you'd like to get your RSS feed to copy-paste into your favorite pod app, you can do that, patreon.com slash evnewsdaily. Uh, We'll start with some news close to home. I mean, not too close to home. I live in Dorset and we're going to go to the northeast right now where Nissan is halting production of the UK-made Leaf, the pioneering electric vehicle. Uh, the Sunderland factory in the UK will stop making the Leaf, I think, either the end of this week or the next few days. It was a, a third-party report in the national press and it was based on people with knowledge of the matter. So not a statement from Nissan, but over 280,000 of the 650,000 Leafs out there uh, were manufactured at the Sunderland plant since production began there in 2013. Now, this cessation paves the way for Sunderland's facility to upgrade, and that's good news because it will accommodate the manufacturing of three all-new electric models, one of them I'll call New Leaf. Nissan plans to invest $3.8 billion, that's £3 billion, into the production of an all-electric Qashqai. That's a very, very popular family car if you're not aware of that model. An all-electric Duke, which is smaller and again insanely popular here, and the next generation Leaf. The upcoming Leaf model is hinted to have a similarity to the Aria. So maybe we'll call New Leaf Baby Aria, uh, like a mini version of that. Although the Leaf production is ending here in the UK, it continues in the United States until 2025 with the 2024 model year uh, in the US priced at $28,000. It's one of the most accessible EVs in the American market. Now, it's got an outdated connector on. It goes without saying, but if you're new to the podcast and you're learning about EVs, it has a connector on called Chatmo, which back in the day, back in 2013 when they started to make these, well, that could well have been the plug that won. Oh man, I hate the kind of plug wars thing. It's not really about winners and losers, but in other words, there aren't as many Chatamo plugs out there in the US. Now, there's plenty of Chatamo plugs here, and there's plenty of Nissan Leafs on the road. So if you run a charging network, it's in your interest to perhaps double-head your charges. And so if you have a charging unit or a pedestal, it, at the minute, it's worth having a CCS2 and a Chatamo if you can swing it and afford it, not incrementally too more expensive. And you can always change that in the future to either a you know a single CCS2 cable, or if they're, if they're dual chargers, then dual CCS2. So you can still charge those cars. If you only ever stay close to home, a Leaf is a great choice. A really big car, loads of storage, a nice car as well that gets, I think, largely forgotten about. And of course, in North America now, you've got J3400, the new SAE standard, which builds on top of what used to be called the Tesla Connector, then they renamed it NAX, and now SAE has built on that. So it's incorporated NAX, but it's refined it a bit more, and there's actually more to it than just the pure Tesla stuff that came with it. So J3400 is the new plug in, in North America, and Chadamo is, you know, not even anywhere near going to be supported in the future. And so that's a shame, but looking forward to what comes out of Nissan 
next. I genuinely am, because Nissan were so early in the game, weren't they? And they did so well with the Leaf. And they could have built on that. And they could have built and built. And they could have been they could have been Tesla. But there's something happening there with the Japanese car makers and the same for Toyota and the same with Honda. And there's this reticence around electric vehicles, which is such a shame because you look at that alliance with with Nissan and Renault back in the day with the, the, the Renault Zoe as well. And look at what Renault are doing now with electric vehicles. And it's odd, isn't it? It's all the same alliance, a partnership, but Nissan need to do... The, the Aria is great, but even Aria owners you know, will admit you don't see too many of them on the roads. So let's move on. The Cupra Born is Seat's spicy version of the ID3 in terms of the looks. It's just a bit kind of a sharper look to the ID3 with the Cupra Born. And it's got a new simplified lineup, uh, the V1, V2 and V3. Now, the V1 and the V2 have 58 kilowatt hour batteries. The V3 has the 77 kilowatt hour usable battery. That's the one to get if you can swing it, isn't it? It's the, it's the big daddy battery. And there's the newly introduced Cooper Bourne VZ. And the o- orders open soon for that. They're not open yet, by the way. Pricing starts at £35,000. And that's a good value. Uh, for, I like very much like the Cooper Bourne. More than the ID3, but I've not driven a recent ID3. I had an ID3 back when they first came out. And they felt like a very much a big polo rather than a, a golf equivalent the materials felt cheap for for what was a lot of money back at you know 3 years ago so uh, that's a £2,500 reduction on the Cooper Bourne range here in the UK. And that's for new factory orders and existing stock orders as well. Now, the Chevy Bolt, of course, is no longer being made. The old generation of the Bolt, at least. General Motors will roll out the new generation of the Chevy Bolt. And they say we'll see it next year in 2025 and that it will have lithium-ion phosphate batteries. And that's interesting. Well, it is to me anyway, uh, because the move marks the uh, Ultium-based technology in North America to LFP technology. LFP is lithium iron phosphate. It's a chemistry of the the battery and it's you know it's more stable, it's cheaper, you can uh, charge it differently to the the typical more cobalt rich battery chemistries and it's uh, significant cost reductions. Despite challenges with the Ultium battery production and with General Motors they report substantial improvements are being made and that the Bolt EV will contribute to a positive profit in the company in the second half of next year. The Bolt is a major player in the EV lineup at General Motors. 82% of their passenger EV sales in the previous year was the Bolt, 62,000. So when you look at uh, GM's EV sales this year without the Bolt, they absolutely need to get the Ultium technology sorted. Otherwise, they won't be selling anything. Uh, GM has faced delays in launching the Equinox EV. That was going to be the affordable electric option. Stellantis, next in the news, one of our headline stories. And the CEO, Carlos Tavares, emphasising the importance of making their own batteries to be cost competitive in the future. A strategy influenced by the likes of the industry leaders BYD and obviously Tesla as well, who make their own cells. Tesla partnered with Panasonic back in the day, working on the new 4680 cell format as well. General Motors worked with LG on their Ultium cells venture. Another example of car makers investing in battery production facilities themselves. Tavares highlighting in a report today, the need to double the energy density of cells to reduce costs and raw material requirements 
Amidst growing EV demand and potential pressure on battery material supplies, Stellantis is actually diversifying their battery technology investments. They're doing some solid state investment as well with Factorial. That's a company they're investing in. Uh, there's a company called Litton or Lighten. Uh, they do this lithium sulfur battery stuff and sodium ion technology. Uh, it's called uh, the company's Tiamat, I think they're investing in. And so all these alternatives to the current battery technology. So Stellantis are making some bets on the future, but they're also building some new EV battery plants in Indiana and Kokomo in partnership with Samsung uh, to support the new Jeeps in the US, the Wagoneer S and the Recon that I've talked a lot about recently on this podcast. And so they're doing their stuff, but uh, the CEO, Carlos Tavares, is saying, look, we need to be more like BYD if we're ever going to bring down the cost of those much cheaper EVs that we want to be selling. Rivian's next in the news, and Rivian's updated their iPhone app to include something called Live Activities. That allows users to monitor the vehicle's charging status from the lock screen or dynamic island on your iPhone 14 Pro or the 15 versions of the iPhone. The app's latest version has real-time updates on the charging progress, details like the current charge percentage and the range, the charge speed, the time remaining to reach the set charge limit and the preset charge limit itself, all displayed on the lock screen or dynamic island. A screenshot shared by the Rivian Tracker account on threads, highlighting the new features functionality, which looks really good, actually. And uh, I love the way that our cars are integrating into our kind of digital lives, not to be too buzzwordy about it, but I really do like it. Polestar is also in the news this week and today for securing $950 million to fuel their expansion. Now, Polestar's an interesting one because, well, as regular listeners know, we bought one six weeks ago, three years old, coming off a lease direct from uh, the auctions, actually, but it was a Polestar car. So I think it was Polestar leased it to somebody and it's done 40,000 miles and um, and we are you know delighted. I've never thought that uh, I'd have such a you know, kind of a performance uh semi-luxury car in the you know in the driveway uh, but uh, we're really lucky to have that and I'm really enjoying driving it at the moment and um, noticed obviously a bit more Polestar news around because Volvo the mothership uh, decided to step back a little bit and let Polestar stand on its own two feet now I say the mothership of course the parent company is the Chinese Geely and they're taking on the funding so Volvo get that off their books because Polestar is still not uh, in the black in terms of profitability in their own right. So Volvo get to not carry that anymore. Geely, the parent company, will. Plus, Polestar just got a billion dollars of investment uh, from uh, BNP Paribas, uh, Standard Chartered, HSBC, and more. The funding will support Polestar's product launches of the 3 and the 4, and the Polestar 5 coming as well. The company is targeting double-digit profit margins by the end of the year. Polestar's experienced a bit of a sales downturn in the last couple of quarters. And Volvo, which had a 48% share in Polestar, is reducing that, like I say, to 18%. Geely, the ultimate company, uh, will give the uh, financial support to get Polestar through to profitability. And uh, yeah, the Polestar 3 already getting a load of press. Polestar 4 comes out in Q4. So Polestar 3 now, that's going to be expensive. That is an expensive SUV. Do you want to call it that? I guess so. But um. Uh, the Polestar 4 later in the year. Both look very, very compelling. Right. Uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll talk about um, a car, that char- a family car that charges at 500 kilowatts. I mean, it's Chinese, obviously. <laughs> You're going to love this. Stick around. Back in a sec. Now, if you'd like to strip out any ads that you just heard, maybe you heard one or maybe two, uh, then you can be a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash evnewsdaily and you get your own feed, which is ad 
free. One of the perks uh, of being a Patreon supporter. And now let's talk about Lucid. And they've launched Creature Comforts mode. Uh, a Creature Comfort is like Tesla's dog mode, really, but for Lucid Airs. And you know what? All EVs really should have this because there's no reason not to. A pet-oriented feature is accessible through a free over-there software update for any Lucid owner. And you can activate Creature Comfort mode using a paw-themed icon on the pilot panel touchscreen. And it maintains the car's interior temperature while you're away. You know the deal by now. It uh, disables everything else so the doggos can't run around the inside of the car and put the windows down. Um, It has a message on the big 34-inch display saying, hey, creature comfort mode is on. The doggos are safe. And we're we're coming back to the car shortly. Uh, The Lucid Mobile app allows you to monitor the feature, the temperature in the cabin, and this will work down to 1% battery state of charge. Now, because some kind of dog modes or camp modes or whatever, they cut off at quite a high state of charge. And that's no use if you want to keep the doggos cool. So that's great news. Well done, Lucid. I mean, really, every EV should do this, shouldn't they? Uh, Whether you call it camp mode or dog mode or whatever. Now, Lee Auto is next, and this is going to blow your mind. Lee Auto just uh, released their... There's not too much humility with this name. They've called it the Mega. So they're obviously pretty keen on this vehicle. (laughs) The Lee Auto Mega. And honestly, it is pretty mega. It's a very distinctive design. It's a seven-seater. It launched in China. It launches in China with actual customers on March the 1st, but media have their hands on it. And this looks... Amazing. It's it okay, so it's an eighty thousand dollar equivalent seven seat minivan. So it's they've got they've got the money in this to be able to do it properly, but it charges from ten to eighty percent in ten minutes and thirty-six seconds. And of course that's the battery, everything being nice and warm. Uh, but during a charging session you can add something like five hundred kilometers, that's three hundred and ten miles of range in just ten minutes. Now, there's a great YouTube channel called Car News China. They deserve way more subscribers than they've got. I mean, it's a very popular channel, but go and have a look at that. Uh, always making brilliant videos. Now, uh, they've got a video on this where they themselves take the Lee Auto Mega minivan and plug it into one of Lee Auto's chargers. So, of course, it is all, you know, they make the charger, they make the van. The battery's coming from CATL, though, and it, this one doesn't hit 500 kilowatts, but it charges at 487 kilowatts. They plug in at a 9% state of charge, and it charges at 487 kilowatts, which, I mean, it, I know because it's a Chinese car and you and I can't buy it, it almost seems sort of otherworldly and detached, but this is the real world in a real family car on the market right now. There's no reason why you and I couldn't have this technology if only the Western car makers either had it or would put it in the cars. 500 kilowatts of charge speed. You stop for 10... You can't do a toilet break in 10 minutes. Oh, no, I can't. So, I mean, it's just... I love it so much. It is... It's the end game for anyone who says, oh, well, hydrogen's the future because hydrogen goes in really quickly and, oh, I'm never going to buy an EV because you've got to sit around all day charging it. I like my diesel car that does a 1,000 miles. Well, feel free to do that. But with this family seven-seater, look, it is luxurious. Like the second row have captain seats that do recline and your feet come up. There's a big TV screen that comes down from the ceiling for the second row, 22 speakers, and, you know, it's like a cinema in the back. So it's a it's a very premium car. This is not your bog-standard family hauler. I get it. It's a seven-seater. Maybe it'll be used for hotel shuttle runs, airport runs and stuff. I don't know, a luxury chauffeuring. But still, 
This is technology that will filter out and down into the rest of us one day. One day. Can we have it today, please? 500 kilowatt charging. Looks incredible. And actually, the, 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 the presenter who we should get on this podcast, um, when they take this car for a drive on their YouTube channel, it's actually a pretty decent car as well. It's got um, all the things that you need in an EV. It's got the various drive modes and stuff. It's never going to be a sporty car, but it hand- looks like it handles really well. And it's it's on the road right now. I just wish that uh, that we could get access to that technology. If you don't want to buy a Chinese car for whatever reason I get that and respect that, then hopefully hopefully we get access to stuff like this because, you know, it's great that we've got cars like the Porsche Taycan coming out that are pushing 300 kilowatt charging and the rest, but I mean, that's pretty special, right? Let's talk Cybertruck next. And the Cybertruck has largely disappointed in terms of the range we were promised at the price we were promised, but it is exceeding expectations for those selling them already. One particular Cybertruck owner uh, decided they didn't want it anymore, put it into auction, and it sold for $244,000, about double what they paid. Um, This one went to Porsche actually, and uh, owners wishing to sell within the first year must inform Tesla, allowing the company the option to buy the vehicle back from them. But this buyer clearly, uh, this seller clearly didn't do that, and the buyer is Porsche, and uh, they didn't disclose what they're going to do with the Cybertruck, but every car maker will want to tear it apart and have a look just for, because all car makers do. Now, Elon Musk on social media was outraged, or it's fake outrage, isn't it? He's not really outraged because he can't believe that, you know, another car maker has bought their Cybertruck. Well, I mean, he can because he knows the automotive industry. And, you know, most of the time, it, this is done, it's routine. You know, you know that. So uh, that's if the car makers don't just send one of their cars to their competitors and their competitors send the cars to them. But if you've got to buy it, you've got to buy it. And, and that's fine. So, yes, no fake outrage, please. Of course, other competitors want to get the Cybertruck, tear it apart, have a look, and um, and see what's under the skin out of curiosity. Uh, but on what the buyer... Because the ultimate fine in the contract of buying the Cybertruck is that you have to pay... If you sell the Cybertruck, you have to give that money back to Tesla. So if they choose to take that person all the way through the legal process, whether they'd ultimately win in front of a judge, or you can enforce that. I bought something and I sold it a good... Is it a breach of contract, or are you allowed to sell the things that you buy? Hmm. Xpeng and Volkswagen are next in the news, formalizing a collaboration working on platforms and software for China to co-develop two vehicles, B-Class electric vehicles. A joint sourcing program will be established to buy all the common components for both companies' vehicle platforms to harness and combine the scale of both Xpeng and Volkswagen in China, and the collaboration all about enhancing cost efficiency and the competitive edge of those B-class segment battery vehicles. Right, two more stories. And in the US, the Biden administration is initiating an investigation into the national security risk, I mean, the alleged national security risk, if there is one, of connected vehicles out of China. The move reflects growing concerns in some quarters over data security and the potential for Chinese automakers to gain a foothold in the US. Specific areas of concern include telematics, advanced driver assistance systems, ADAS, uh, EV battery management systems uh, that collect data and transmit them all back to China. The U.S. Commerce Department is seeking input from the industry and the public to understand the extent of what the risks are and to consider any interventions like banning cars from China, uh, the investigation in the preliminary phase. Uh, to me, if you want my opinion on this, you know, remember in an election year and, you know, Chinese things coming in, especially the automotive industry, unions, very strong, supporting Biden, this just could be heading 
off a potential line of attack from the Republicans to say, oh, we know about these Chinese cars. We're looking into it. We could ban them, you know. So, I, you know, I just think this is, uh, I'm probably wrong. I'm just cynical these days, aren't I? So it could be something else. It could be real. I mean, the, the, the Chinese cars could be spying on us all the time, but it seems like a bit of a stretch, doesn't it? Uh, I'm not saying that they don't send data back, but I don't care if Polestar sends the data back to China of my BMS, of how often I charge it. And as long as they're not sending back the camera footage of my house and when I'm in and when I'm out, um, I don't think they're doing that. And, and you know, if they are, then... <laughs> I won't buy another Polestar. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, it works like that. So, finally, uh, we're going to talk about CATL. They have a battery technology called M3P. And M3P batteries have been showcased already in Huawei's and Cherries. And now... Another report coming out of China says they're going to end up in Teslas. Now, this is not the first time. Back in 2022, we were told that the M3P battery from CATL was going into a Tesla, and it never worked out that way. CATL have confirmed that they use M3P batteries in EVs already and have conversations with other clients, including Tesla. Um, That process, this report says, is now well underway with specifics on the timeline under discussion. The M3P batteries from CATL offer much higher energy density than a lithium-ion phosphate battery and are much more cost-effective than a a ternary battery, an NMC or a cobalt-based nickel-manganese cobalt battery. So uh, good technology and could well end up in maybe Chinese testers or maybe maybe others as well and that's your podcast for today thanks for listening and thanks to our premium partners they get a daily mention on the on the podcast Porsche of the Village in Cincinnati Audi of Cincinnati East Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha, Aloha Charge in Hawaii Derek Riley from Nevo.ie and the Nevo EV Review Island YouTube channel Octopus Electroverse Global Public Charging Made Dead simple with one app and one map and lease plan electric moments providing all the tools and guidance EV drivers need. Have a good one. See you tomorrow. And remember, there's no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.